everybody, welcome to the first ever video with Comfort Care Academy, co-hosted by Chrissy Massaro, Chrissy CRNA, and me, Anna Reese's RN, SRNA. We are so excited getting started. We're going to go through a lot of topics for free at an in-depth level here. That's really what we want to give to you, to all of you guys, kind of an in-depth, deeper dive than we can get in three minutes on TikTok. So we're excited. I'm excited. Yeah. yeah. So today we're going to be talking all about you know, new grad foundations for health as a new grad. Um, it's really hard to be a new graduate nurse, especially a new graduate nurse to critical care, especially these days. Um, nursing students it's today. Changed. Yeah. I think they have it harder than, than I had it for sure. I mean, and me too. I was lucky. I was in the last cohort that went through orientation pre COVID. Uh, PC. PC. <laughs> so I was able to go through all, all of orientation without my uh, orientation being upheaved by COVID-19. So it's definitely harder to be a new grad these days. And we wanted to give you tips and things that we wish that we had done differently just to set you all up for success as much as possible. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the number one pieces of advice that I used to give to new grads uh, or not new grads, I should say, nursing students is they say how can I set myself up to be a new grad in the ICU and I would say get an externship try to get your senior your preceptorship yeah. in the ICU and that was not an option for the last two years for many many students yeah. so many of you are going to be in the exact position that I was back in 2013 when I was a new graduate nurse so what happened to me back then was good times I was, in, <laughs> it was a little rough I was in an accelerated nursing program nursing was my second degree and unfortunately I had no senior year preceptorship. We didn't, my program didn't have those. Um, I never had an externship. Uh, so I had zero ICU experience. I had one shadow day in the ICU as a nursing student Whew. with a ICU nurse who was not interested in speaking to me. So essentially zero, essentially zero days. And uh, I went directly to the heart and vascular ICU, which is one of the sickest ICUs in the country. Sickest, it's, it's, least it's, forgiving. Um, the staff was brilliant, amazing. Uh, definitely was ready to jump in and help you in a yeah. crisis, but not super warm and fuzzy. So it was definitely like being pushed off a cliff and I'm <laughs> seeing that happening right now to lots of new grads all over the place. Who now have a shorter orientation than even we did. Uh, now in many places. Your orientation is getting cut short by not even a month, but by like two months. And so the period of time that you have to acclimate to that level of critical thinking and exposure is shorter than it was and the patients are sicker so now I do want to encourage you guys it is going to be possible um, to manage this if you have the right mindset if you study if you put in the time if you uh, you know have good wellness habits it's going to be okay especially if you find good mentors and good resources and that is something that we're here to do for you as well that's we're one of the reasons today and why we're here this is some ways that you can set yourself up for success and help avoid a lot of the common pitfalls that new grad ICU nurses really fall into very often. So definitely hopping right into it. Do you want to talk about things that you wish you had done differently as a new grad? <laughs> so many things. Kind of in retrospect. Yeah. So, you know, real quick, I just want to add in, by the way, my orientation also did get cut short. So if I survived this time with no exposure one day in the ICU previous, no mentors, yeah. there were no nurse fluencers. Okay. Yeah. Like there was no, there were no resources. Like right. we are here to help you guys. It's going to be okay. Like you're going to get this. So hopping right into it, kind of getting into what would do you wish that you had done differently as a new grad nurse? If you could go back and do it all again, what would you change? I think I would have found good mentors sooner on. So I waited and it's hard if you don't have access, right? If you don't have anyone in your family, if you don't have any friends like who have already done this. It's really uncharted territory. Nobody really teaches you 
even your professors in nursing school don't teach new nurses how to be critical care nurses and how to seek out mentorship. So if you don't know people who have done it before, it's a lot to navigate. Definitely. So, yeah. Um, I think one thing I did closer to the end of my orientation was like I started to figure out who the nurses were on my unit that I could trust and go to yeah. to talk to. And then I, one of them I asked, I said like, will you be my mentor? And you don't have to ask that formally. You can have informal mentors. But, um, you know, having like figuring out your safe people early on and like going to them and asking them all your questions, like that is something that I did throughout CRNA school. I really felt like it helped. And then towards the end of my nursing orientation and then once I became a new grad nurse. So in the beginning, I felt like my only safe people were people on the same level as me, like other peers in my new That's grad orientation. That's blind leading the blind. Like blind leading the blind. <laughs> blind leading the blind. Like yeah. we, it's good to have that camaraderie with and other people. And you should grads. definitely connect with them for emotional support. But they're not who you want in the room when your patient is crashing. You yeah. want you want a grown up nurse at yeah. that moment. You need a grown up <laughs> nurse. Um, my preceptor, like she was really like tough on me in the beginning, but she yeah. was like warmed up. She was like my nurse mom, like you know. And actually, I, I gave a patient to her the other day. Yeah, um, yeah from the OR and she was like my nurse kid I was like oh it's so, it's so cool to see those relationships that are mentorships where they really just kind of get to see you grow and thrive and I will say like I'm from the south and then I started as a new grad in Baltimore a mm -hmm. little bit of a hostile environment with some people and it's also just cultural right like there's a lot of people from New York we're rough and tough in the northeast yeah people are just like abrasive yeah they're very direct which I wasn't really used to coming from the south where people will say something nice to your face and then be mean behind your back in the Northeast, they will just like be very direct. And from their perspective, and honestly in critical care, it's actually a good approach because you are like very clear with your communication and the patient's really sick. It was a lot to adjust to. So I agree with Chrissy. You got to figure out your safe people. Not everybody on the yeah. unit really has a heart for teaching. So you got to figure out who like loves to teach and who's a really good resource and then yeah. figure out those people who are not your preceptor yeah. really early on. So like know your charge nurses, know your like, and find a mentor. I found someone who I, I would recommend this too. I found somebody who was in acute care nurse practitioner school. So she mm. was a senior ACMP student and she had been on the unit for like four or five years. And then she had that additional like hunger for knowledge because she was in grad school. So she was doing things on the cellular level. She was really passionate about teaching too. That's awesome. So that was a good, that's a perfect person. I asked her yeah. to be about three months into orientation. I asked her to be my mentor and to just like go deeper on some things. And then to just kind of, she was somebody who's able to answer a lot of questions for me. And I would recommend somebody like that, like find an older nurse who has been there for 20 years as one of your mentors, because they know policy and procedure like backwards and forwards. And they know where all the supplies are. So if you have to crack open the chest, they're the person you want running the chest card. Mm. But then also find somebody who is like in grad school and like kind of getting deeper into it so that they can kind of provide that extra like meat and context as yeah. you're like a new grad. I, that That's kind of what I did when I was picking out mentors. Yeah, when I think about um, something that I didn't realize is a lot of times it's not the most vocal person. A lot of the yeah. times people are very quiet and to themselves. And that is something that I was not used to coming from New York. Everyone is very boisterous and very out there and like <laughs> very direct. Once again, very direct. <laughs> and I train in Philly and people are still very direct, but maybe not so chatty at first. Yeah. They have to warm up to you a little right. bit more. So I found that some of the best mentors on the unit were people that took me longer to get to know. And it was always like quiet people yeah. who really were like the kindest and most thoughtful and most helpful. And like, they were actually amazing resources. You just had to ask. Right. So don't be afraid of a quiet person just because someone's not like warm and like chatty right it's away. Doesn't lovely. mean they hate you. Yeah. Um, I think it's really important to just like 
watch their practice, see if it's something you want to replicate, and then ask them about it. And look how they leave their patients at the end of the shift. Like if this is a nurse who leaves a spotless room, their patients are always really stable, and then you can really tell a lot about a nurse by kind of, I mean, barring you're doing an emergency procedure at bedside, like everybody leaves a little bit of a mess and has like a little bit of a rush shift if you're lining and intubating at 6.45 p.m. But if it's somebody who consistently just like, even like little things, like they leave their patient's hair braided, like they are really good with family, like those people who are like really like very passionate and have the attention to detail, that's a good person to ask questions because yeah. like, again, like they take a lot of pride in their craft and they do a really good job of just like being that patient's nurse and usually being a really good patient advocate too. They're who you want to pull in if you have an issue and you want to like take it up to the next level of advocacy and you need to pull more people in. That's not where you want to go for another new grad. That's where you want to pull in the senior nurse who's been there for a long time and yeah, run things by them. So yeah. I think that's a good first point. Like figure out who your mentors are going to be and like ask them. Say like, yeah. hey, will you be my mentor? I, would, I really respect you and look up to you a lot. And I'd love to learn a lot as I'm going to be here the next couple of years. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. I and, I think, um, start. and I think maybe picking, like we said, a couple people, like one person who like helps you navigate like the difficult situations. Yeah one person who's going to like have a lot of clinical knowledge and you don't again have to make a formal request but you know however however you want to go about it yeah um another thing that I think is a really important point that we wanted to talk about is how are you handling your days off because yes. you're there for three 12-hour shifts in most cases right so what are you doing on your days off to stay same same <laughs> Yeah. yeah, to like care for yourself, stay sane, and then also to balance the studying that you're going to have to do outside of work. So how did you do it and how would you do it? So as a new grad, I had an hour and a half commute there and back. Oh, so cool. for night shifts, it was about an hour for day shifts and then coming home, it was about an hour and a half. Mm -hmm. So that really ate into my ability to sleep for eight hours a shift if I was doing nights. And so I... If I could do it again, I would live closer to work and I would not have a commute like that because it really affected my ability to function on my days off because I was sleeping like four or five hours. So, and then all of these other problems were spinoffs of that. So if you can live closer to work, <laughs> prioritize sleep. Yeah, priori <laughs> yeah, prioritize sleep. And we have a whole video on sleep hygiene because a lot of times you just don't have control over your schedule as a new grad. New grad, you're bottom of the rung on seniority. So you fill in all the shifts and they'll flip your schedule back and forth. But we have a whole video on sleep hygiene that we're gonna film right after this actually. Hey, <laughs> But then other things that are going to be really helpful to just kind of, even when you are sleep deprived and you are not able to get outside is go ahead and like, just drag yourself outside. If it's warm outside mm -hmm. and it's not snowing, just go on a tiny walk or even just sit on a park bench. It helps so much with that night shift zombie, you're kind of overheating, you're crying, you didn't sleep, like, go sit outside. Like yeah. Evie said, always, like, we are the plants. Like, Aww. treat yourself like a plant. Water yourself, Water. go outside and, like, soak up some sun, and just go on a little walk. A little walk does wonders. That's and then okay. whatever your, like, chosen form of movement is, like, schedule a class. Yeah, like, schedule it ahead. That's something I never, I still am bad at this, and I definitely was not good at this at the time. Yeah. But, um... Planning like far out ahead in your calendar, like for your days off, like I'm going to do a workout class at 9 a.m. on that Wednesday because it's going to be after the stretch of yep. shifts. And it it can be like 
gentle yoga. It doesn't have to be like, like hardcore. Like, like we're not you're, like you don't have to try to get like a six pack. It's literally in the just of this, about right? movement. It's literally just about movement yeah. to like get your endorphins up. And maybe and it's like walking your dog. Maybe yeah. it's like what whatever like brings you joy. It maybe it's a salsa class at night. Like. Sounds more Maybe movement. silks and aerials because you're really into like circus fitness, which would be awesome. Like it doesn't have to be like lifting weights in the gym. Yeah. Just something to get your heart rate up and to like get moving because I think that you all probably fall into this because most of us did too. When you are rotating night shift and day shift and you are working three to four days a week, it can be very easy to just fall into a, I'm so exhausted, I can't do anything on any of my days off. That's what I used to do. And it really, you just get engulfed in it. You really do. Because like, there's a whole, what is the law of physics? Like an object in motion likes to remain in motion and an object that is still and on the couch and crying and eating something salty. Is gonna stay on the couch crying and eating something. I, th I think that's about accurate. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so like, th and this kind of gets into the next point of like additionally into scheduling your days off, but yeah. like plan it, structure. Yeah, yeah, plan it far ahead. Like not the day before. Yeah. Like plan it out for like that. Like you get your work schedule for the next and what it, month, for the or month, six weeks or whatever, and then like book plan. out just a couple days and like give yourself permission to cancel these things, of course. Yeah. But like, you know, if you even just pick like two days a week to like do whatever that mm -hmm. class is or, or movement is and say from like 9am to 10am and it's in the calendar and you have the commitment, like reminder, it's going to motivate you to get out and do it. It's going to keep you well. And it's also going to connect you within the community of They're people who are not nurses. nurses, which is important. It's kind of important to have friends who are not nurses. Um, I know that's hard, especially with COVID because like everything has been closed down, but you want to have friends who are not just like seeing death all of the time. You want to have yeah. friends who are doing other things. And then I really want again, like to avoid that post night shift slump of two to three days, you got to schedule your days off. And if you don't schedule your days before the day of, you're not even going to be able to do laundry. You're not gonna be able to do laundry. You're not gonna be able to get off the couch to do anything other than order Uber Eats. And then you're going to feel worse than if you had actually gotten up and done some things. So even if it is the night before, Make yourself a list of what you're going to do the next day. And then it can be easy things. Look up one thing, go on your little class, take a shower, do the laundry, and then you can allow yourself to nap. But you're going to feel so much more rested if you like get up and do something and then nap versus like not get up until 2 p.m. And Correct. we're saying this now is like, we've been through it and I've done that, but like, don't do that. <laughs> this is what we're telling you. <laughs> Try not to. Um, and again, let's get, we're going to get more into this into like this sleep video and the sleep hygiene, sleep hygiene. and dealing with night shift and flipping, but it's important to like have hard cutoff times for like, I'm going to wake up by this time, no matter what yeah. my nap is going to be from this time to this time, no matter what. And those yeah. things will help you with the scheduling as well. So still prioritizing sleep and rest. We want you to rest. We don't want you to fill all your days off with tasks and chores. That's not going to be good for you either, but making sure that like you just have the blocks pre-planned so like that you have a good things. balance. Have like three things that you're going to do and that you have to do on your days off. Cause yeah. otherwise you're just going to like melt into the couch. And that kind of ties into the next thing to talk about, which is like just the learning curve of being yeah. a new grad. So we always say like being a new grad is like, you say, oh, it's like a steep learning curve. It's like, well, it's more like a straight line. Like 90 degrees. <laughs> it's really like this. Like, it's a lot, especially if you're coming into a place where like, they don't have as solid of a residency program. They're not as used to training people. They're cutting your orientation period short. What if half your nursing clinicals were sim lab or online, or you were in an accelerated program like me, like 
You didn't it's have exposure. My first few weeks in the ICU, I was still learning to properly change the sheets with a patient yeah. in it yeah. while I'm also learning the mechanism of action of epinephrine and Flowland. Like these are two totally different ends of the learning spectrum. You're here. like trying to like, like learn the You're monitor. keeping them alive, but also trying to appropriately- You don't know how to work the clean monitor. Clean the things. Like, <laughs> yeah, and how do you touch the monitor? You're like, I don't know how to set up an A-line and all this, which is like it's stuff crazy. that we're getting into. Like we see such a gap in the market for new grad nurses as they're like acclimating or just like new critical care nurses in general. Like they just don't cover this in nursing school. Like it's yeah. like, you don't learn how to set up uh, triple lumen. You don't learn how to set up the CVP, a PA, and an art line. You don't even see them. You have to You don't even yeah. see them. Yeah. So like, we're excited to touch on that. But like, yeah, art lines, you just don't even learn this in nursing school. Yeah. And yeah, I barely saw any, truthfully. <laughs> especially if you are, if you're a COVID new grad and you didn't see any of this growing up as a nursing student, it's just like, be kind to yourself because you haven't seen any of this before. But fortunately, we're going to be teaching a lot of this with Common Care Academy. Yes, so definitely um, we have some exciting videos coming up. We're going to try to get access to a sim lab. We'll see if that goes through and hopefully be able to like show you all this stuff virtually to kind of help catch up on what you missed. So yeah, that'll be exciting. And membership coming out soon. So enroll now. We're excited Stay tuned. <laughs> but really do be kind to yourself. One thing that stuck with me that somebody told me when I was a new grad was watch the way that you're speaking to yourself in your own mind. Would you say any of the things that you were saying to yourself to any of your friends? Probably not. Like we are so hard on ourselves and we're yeah. so perfectionistic that it's just give yourself a little bit of grace, be a little bit nice to yourself, pursue excellence, but just be nice. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and I think the biggest thing is that people recognize their knowledge gap and yeah. they feel so dumb. And maybe, especially if you were like a really good student, you might not be used to feeling that way. You might yeah. be used to knowing all the answers and like kind of always being right. And it's normal to feel dumb. And in fact, if you feel dumb, that means you are learning. It means that new knowledge is being gained. So if you don't feel dumb, that means you already know everything. That means right. you're not in a place that's challenging you. So, you know, that even still happens to me to this day as a CRNA, as I continue to take on new challenges. Um, you know, even just recently at work, I was feeling dumb the other day and I was like, you know, instead of being hard on myself, I just have to recognize that that means I'm pushing myself to yeah. do like reach new challenges. And if I didn't feel this way once in a while, I wouldn't be continuing to learn and grow as if a provider. If you're never uncomfortable, you're never learning. You're never yeah. stepping out. If you're never stepping outside that comfort zone, you're not learning anything new and you're not staying up to date, honestly, because medicine and nursing evidence changes so quickly that you need to stay uncomfortable, but just stay on your toes. And then that's the other thing with nursing is like, they don't expect a new grad to know everything. Right. They don't ever right. expect for you to know everything. They don't All that they want for you to get off of orientation is to be a safe nurse. That's it. You have to be safe because you're going to be learning throughout your entire life, right? right? Like, so what do you need to know on orientation? Yes. You need to know yes. the drips and drugs in your unit. You need to know the basics about your patient population what you're doing, why you're doing it. You need to know your emergency protocols. Like, okay, those things you must memorize. Those are basics. However, ground level, you're never, you're not going to know every single nuanced detail of every single thing in a six month time period no. that takes a lifetime of learning. So if you're staying curious, as things come up during the course of your shift, yeah. put them in like the notes section of your iPhone. Mm -hmm. Just note, just jot it down. And yep. then when you go home later, or if you have downtime on your shift, just That's look when you look it up. Yeah. And this being a new grad and being a travel nurse, they're very related because mm -hmm. you as a travel nurse are not the expert on that unit. You don't know where all the supplies are. You don't know policy and procedure. And to be a safe travel nurse, what do I need to do? I need to know my resources and I need to know who to ask for help. Yeah. So if there's ever a question, 
I'm not expected to know XYZ policy at XYZ hospital. And as a new grad, they don't expect for you to know how to crack open a chest, just you and the surgeon by yourself. You're going to have help, but are you going to ask for help? That's the yeah, thing. Yeah, that's lot the king. Overconfidence kills as yeah. a new grad and probably in graduate school as Definitely. well. Definitely. You're on the way. Knowing when to ask for help is key, and it's better to ask for help sooner than later. If ever in doubt, listen to that gut inside. You know, um, when we were coming off orientation, yeah. we had kind of like a quiz day with our educator yeah. before we came off, like yeah. before you got the blessing to go. <laughs> and if you didn't get the right answer, like you kind of had to stay at orientation. So... Basically, this scenario was um, a patient, you're, you know, I, I'm giving this away, guys. I don't know. Anybody who works in the HBSU, I'm sorry. I'm giving it away. But, um, but it's, a, it's an important lesson here. Yeah. So here's the scenario, right? Okay. Patient, you walk into the room, your patient's hypotensive. Okay. They're like, okay, like, what are you going to do? So I was like, okay, like, let me make sure. I, re I remember this. Like, let me make sure the A-line is level. Yeah. They're like, okay, great. Cool. Uh, yeah. It's level. Like, now what? Okay, uh, I'm gonna make sure it's like zero property. They're like, okay, you know, I'm gonna make sure the, pa the patient's mentating. They're like, okay, good, like you're assessing right. the patient, yeah, like, yeah. cool. Um, I said, okay, maybe I could like elevate the legs and like maybe open some fluid. They're like, like okay, right. or like, or up titrate a drip. Yeah, yeah. They're like, okay, they're like, what else, what else, what else? And then they're like, okay, the patient's getting more hypotensive, the patient's what getting more hypotensive. Do? What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? And I'm like, call for help. They're like, no one's coming. I'm like, what do you mean? I'm like, call again, call out. And they're like, no one hears you. I was like, what? What do you what mean? Do you mean? Nobody's going to hear me. Nobody's going to hear me. They're like, what do you do? No one's coming. No one's going to hear you. They're getting hypotensive. Hurry. I'm like, pull the call bell. They're like, there you go. Ding, ding, ding. You got to pull, pull the code bell. Pull the code blue. Like, people will come. People will come if you pull the code blue. And that's the point of the story, right? It's not like how to fix this imaginary you're not type super of friendship. You're not always going to have the answers. Some patients are going to decompensate no matter how good of a nurse you were that day. The bottom line is right. call for help early, get people, in there. get people in there and pull the code bell if you need to. And you know, ICU, like critical care is a team sport. Like even if you are the ICU doctor, you're not doing everything by yourself. You and need the respiratory therapist, you need the ICU nurse. You need, it's a team sport. You need to mm -hmm. just really get deep into communication, which is another video. We're going to talk about that too. But it's just like communicate early and communicate often. If yeah. ever you have a question about something, it's a really good practice as a new grad to get used to looping in the charge nurse anytime you have a question about something. Mm -hmm. Not like, hey, can I give this Cinna? Like, you should know if you're going to give a stool softener or not. But loop in the charge nurse if you're adding on a new presser. Loop in the charge nurse if your patient started bleeding. Because a lot of times, like, they need to know that so that they can make assignments if your patient's yeah. going to get singled. Or if your patient looks amazing, the, the inverse. They might want to be able to transfer that patient out. And then that also establishes trust with you and the charge nurse. Definitely. Because then they know that you are, as a nurse... Not only assessing your patient, but that you can communicate what's going on with the team. Yeah. So then that, that gives like the charge nurse, they give you a longer leash because they know that you can communicate what's going on with your patient. So, and then that circles back to knowing who your safe people are on the unit and knowing your resources. Definitely. Communicate with them. Maybe the charge nurse is not one of those safe people that you always ask your questions to, but it's still always good to loop in the charge nurse on how your day's going. This kind of then like feeds into a little bit of the like stress of being a new grad. Yeah. There's I, a lot. Yeah, there's a lot. I had a lot of just like anxiety when I was new and I would be trying to fall asleep and then I would just sit there like ruminating about something and like everybody hates me, everybody hates me. And it's just like write it down. Like write it down on paper and then your logical brain can look at that and be like, oh everybody probably doesn't hate me. Yeah. <laughs> and then you can go to sleep. And that's like a helpful tool to just like spit it out of your brain, get it on paper. And then let it go. Definitely. Yeah. And I think that like 
this is something that, you know, nurses do in general because you go into this profession because you care, right? right? Like, you don't go into the profession because you don't care to right. yeah. That would be, you know, a pretty big waste not of time. Not the right reason. Probably not a great, probably not a great choice. Maybe we yeah. think that. But, um... <laughs> Maybe people do. <laughs> you know, a thorough person, an anxious person, so, and you might really care about what other people think about you. You're probably very empathetic. You're probably very compassionate. You're probably yeah. maybe a little codependent, maybe a little overworked. So, you know, we're going to work on the negatives of those traits, but also harness the positives. So oftentimes your weakness is also your strength. Yep. So although anxiety can be really, really hard as a new grad nurse, I used to just go in nauseous every day for the first like three uh, months. New grad anxiety. Just wanted to puke out every yeah. month. Oh, anyway. But caffeine and anxiety, man. Oh, bad combo. But <laughs> the point being that, you know, we can also harness this into a strength and the strength yes. being thoroughness instead of dwelling in fear, harness it into a healthy fear. Yes. So what does a healthy fear look like? It looks like writing checklists so that you don't miss things. It looks like studying your questions when you go home. Yep. It looks like asking help from your resources instead of trying to figure it out and save the patient and be the best nurse. It looks like thoroughness. It looks like diligence. Thoroughness and safety, again, really what they're looking for from a new grad nurse. They want to yeah. see that you have attention to detail and that you're not sloppy and that you are going to be thorough and communicate well with the team. They yeah. don't expect you to know everything, but they expect for you to do a good job and to do a good job by your patient and then to just be a really good communicator. That's really what they want from a new grad nurse, which then I feel like you've mentioned studying. Uh, yeah. Unfortunately, you're not going to learn everything you need to know at work. That's maybe an unpopular take, but no, for you to true. Really, you can't. You can't learn everything. They can't teach you everything at work. You're going to learn a lot there, but you can't learn every detail there. It's just not possible. Especially with shorter orientation times now, yeah. you're not going to learn everything that you need to learn at work. You're going to have to study a little bit at home Definitely. but that kind of ties into like work-life balance yeah. a little bit Find so the balance there. how do you what would you say to somebody who's starting off as a new grad like how would you guide their study sessions so what I did so again going back to like the notes of like the running list of things that would just come up questions during my day I had two things I had to do we had an orientation binder with like things that you must memorize before you come off orientation yeah. right like concentration so, epinephrine ACLS stuff like that whatever. exactly all of those things so, okay, yes, I would study my binder on my days off, and then I would also go to my list and look up things that I didn't understand and want to do. But I would limit it to no more than an hour a day on my days off. Yep. Um, or if I had like a burning question after work and it was fresh in my mind and like some things were like puzzling me for that day, I might just take like 20 minutes and look up that one thing when I'm on the couch, like yeah. decompressing, right? You don't want to get stuck on your days off obsessed with work you need to yeah. study you need to step away but you need to yeah have your which time is, off we talked about this a little bit earlier which is you have to schedule your days off you have schedule to schedule them. your like you're gonna do your laundry you're gonna get some movement in and you're gonna study the difference between a mechanical and a tissue valve replacement whatever whatever your question is about look it up do a little bit of studying and that's really a lifelong practice like yeah. people ask me and i'm positive they ask you they're like how do you know something about this? It's like, well, because you look it up. And that's like what yeah, always be reading. That's what nursing is, is doing evidence-based practice and like keeping up to date and just looking into things. And yeah. you're never gonna know everything, and that's kind of the beauty of it, is that it's constantly changing. But it's a good practice as a new grad to go home and like if you have never heard of a procedure or a diagnosis before, 
look it up on YouTube. If you're Definitely. a visual learner, it's really helpful. A lot of the surgeries, they have like overviews of the surgeries on YouTube. Yeah, and there's more online than ever before. I didn't oh, have yeah. any of this stuff. Well, there was some stuff online, but like device spread. Really so if you have like CDVH or an LVAD or ECMO, if you look it up on YouTube, they have the device rep, the device manufacturer mm. YouTube videos. Yeah, they have really great animated that are videos. animated now, so you can really visualize what's going on. I really recommend just looking up on YouTube pretty everything. much everything. <laughs> like I was on YouTube looking up like I, I was looking up aortic dissection. I was looking up the way that the surgery was because we just really didn't get that deep into it in nursing school. Yeah. Like I remember- You can't, learning, there's too much to cover. There's no way. Yeah, so look everything up. Um, but again, like limit it to like an hour or less. Yeah. When it takes off. So one really like, this is something that ties into study techniques, which we'll also go into yeah. in another video. But yes. what I used to do every day, and I still do this with my days off, is I'll pick three tasks. Yeah. Must do, should do, and would like to do. And the must do, like, you know, whatever's urgent and important. If it's urgent as in time sensitive, as well as important, critical to my life in yeah. some way, that gets the number one spot. Totally. If it's simply urgent or simply important, it gets the number two spot and the number three spots. Usually something that You'd can like move around if yeah. I don't get a chance, if I'm super tired, right? Yeah. So must do, um, I must go to uh, that, that gym class that I signed up for. I promised yeah. myself I would do it. I need to move this week. Should do, um, I am most likely going to spend an hour so going over my drips, right? Yeah. Uh, but like, you know, if my mom calls me or like a friend wants to go to dinner. My car breaks down sure, or something. Sure, right? Yeah. Um, would like to do, I'd like to do my laundry, but if I don't get to it today, I, I can squeeze to, it in tomorrow. I have it's two fun. more sets of scrubs, something yeah, like that. something like that. That ties in with what my therapist just told me this past week, which was, we always hear like, put yourself first, put yourself first, put yourself first. She was like, okay, schedule into your schedule. Cause I know you have a schedule in it. I was like, yes I do. She was like, schedule in that you have to eat three meals a day and you have to sleep eight hours and you have to move daily first and then fit everything else in around to that. I feel like I always did things so backwards from that, but that's such a good advice. It's I so, did. It's so basic. I've always done so that true. so backwards from that. I'm like, I have to film seven videos. I need to do my laundry. <laughs> I need to go get my oil changed. I need to do this and this and this. And then all of a sudden it's 2.30, I didn't eat lunch and I'm hangry and I'm angry about it. Mm -hmm. So my therapist, she was like, okay, well like Stay let's- laundry. She's like, let's reframe that. And again, this is circles back to get a therapist. <laughs> yeah, get a therapist. Get a therapist them. now. And stay because that's a stay in therapy because it's just the nature of our jobs it's uh it's a lot and you need a therapist it'll be great and then that kind of ties into the last thing i think for this video which is work-life balance uh, and using yes. your pto so it's hard as a new grad because you're at the bottom of the seniority list yeah however there are some things you can do like what would you say to new grad chrissy right now okay so since a lot of units it's either first come first serve seniority or both for like vacation picks yeah. it used to be so hard to get vacation time on my unit even though i was allotted four weeks of vacation time yeah. i almost never used it i'd find myself stacking days like because vacations weren't available and when you stack Yes, it's cool to be able to stack shifts to go away, but you end up being really burned out when you do that at the beginning of the end. So yeah, what I learned to do by the end of my nursing time is look really far out of the vacation like calendar. six months ahead. Six months, a year, and just start blocking out random weeks, even if you have no plan for it, so that you, you can fill in the plans later, but that way you're guaranteed vacations at certain intervals. Like, I know I and hate fall. February, March. Like, schedule something in February. Yeah, like, things that are like off-peak. It's not um, gonna be just Christmas. before or just after spring break season. Yeah. Cause you gotta think about people with kids, right? So 
schedule a, fe a February trip. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> schedule a February trip. Schedule like a September trip. Like people are not filling up those weeks and schedule them far out. Even when you're still on orientation, if you have a six month orientation and you're there on month two or three, hop in the PTO book and seven months from now, schedule a week off and yeah. you'll actually get it. And then it's also not a bad idea to like six or seven months from now, just use like one day a week for about like a month or so to give yourself a month and a half of working part-time. And then that's oh, a way that's to good, actually yeah. like use some of your PTO. You're not ever like taking a whole blocked week off. But that's another way to like, I don't think you can prevent burnout in like a system that exploits people. <laughs> but like, to be honest with you, <laughs> but, <my> friend. <laughs> but you can use some of the PTO. When I left yeah, my staff job, I had only called off like one day ever. And I, and I hadn't had any paid vacation. So definitely like plan far ahead and start to get those dates on the calendar because yeah. it's good for your health. It's good for your mental health. Even if you don't go away, like staycations yeah. are really great Stay for your home. mental health. Just taking the time off for yourself and you know, just Resting. having things to look forward to. Read Rest. a book. Yeah. So I think the next time we're going to talk about how to survive night shift. So night please. shift and night day flipping. Whew. Tune back in for that. Subscribe to the YouTube channel and check Chrissy CRNA out on all platforms, TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube, and her blog. Yes. And then check me out, Reese's RN or Anna Reese's on all platforms, and comment what you want us to talk about next time, because we're going to be doing a lot more conversational stuff. Yeah, we're really excited to have you guys here, and yeah. of course, stay tuned for the membership, where we're going to go really in-depth, really in-depth, and yeah. have a lot of support for you guys. So, cool. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Bye.